up, everyone? Welcome back to another edition of the Main Event Heat Podcast. I am your host, Rob Weathers. This week, we've got a few questions, so we're going to do one of my favorite segments on the show, a Q&A episode. The first question is from Jamie, and Jamie asks, who do you think will be the next AEW wrestler to go to WWE? Cheers from Ireland. Uh, first off, I, I want to address that. Shout out to to the good folks in Ireland, especially Jamie, for sending this question. Main Event Heat has actually been trending on the Apple podcast charts in Ireland for several weeks. Like I think over a month, we've been consistently on the Apple podcast charts. So shout out to everybody in Ireland that's been listening to the show. That's that's just so crazy for me to think like some fucking some clown in, in the center of Georgia puts out this fucking podcast and people from all over the world are listening to it. Like almost 20 different countries all over the world listen to Main Event Heat. So thank you once again to everybody listening. But uh, yeah, so the, the question was, who do you think will be the next AEW wrestler to go to WWE? That's, I, I tell you, that's a really interesting question. And it's something that I think several months ago, I would have had a hard time entertaining I mean, the fact that Cody went to WWE to this day still kind of blows my mind. It's like, you know, I understand that there were frustrations and I understand why he did go. But it's at the same time, it's like you were one of the guys that helped build AEW. I don't think that that sets a really good example when you're the first guy to leave and go back to the Fed. But I digress there. You know, I, I think that it is very interesting, though, because as we all know now, And as we've talked about here on the podcast, Vince McMahon retired. And if you have watched any of SmackDown or Raw in the last few weeks, you can fucking tell that it's not Vince running the show. I actually sat down and watched, which one did I watch? I think it, I don't think I've watched any SmackDown, but I think I watched a good chunk of Raw this past week and it wasn't bad. It really wasn't bad. I did watch a little bit of SmackDown, though. I, I, I lied. I did watch a little bit of SmackDown, too, because I, I had noticed. Um, what did I watch? I think I watched the main event. Yeah, it was uh, Walter or whatever the fuck they're calling him now against uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. And it was a solid fucking match. And first of all, I was impressed that the Intercontinental Championship was a main event match. I, I don't think an Intercontinental Championship has been a main event match in a long fucking time. But yeah, anyway, so WWE, <clears throat> it's definitely a different beast now. And we're, we are already starting to see quality improvements under Triple H. Now, I think that this will be attractive to some people in AEW. I think a lot of people have been going to assume like, oh, oh, guys like uh, like Keith Lee and Swerve and, and the Undisputed Era guys and all them are going to want to go back. I think the problem there is I'm pretty sure most of those guys are tied into pretty long-term contracts. Like, I think Adam Cole's got like a fat fucking contract over there. So that would get in the way, you know, not that you can't ask to be released from your contract, but I I just don't see it happening at this moment in time, especially because I think that, and this is kind of terrible, I think that the ex-WWE people, as MJF alluded to several months ago in his quote-unquote pipe bomb promo, the ex-WWE people in AEW are treated pretty fucking well, comparatively. I think it's a lot of the AEW originals, or, or people that were a part of the first couple of years of the company that they should be worried about. I think an obvious answer to who would go to WWE, I think, would be MJF. 
you know, obviously we haven't seen him on AEW TV in I think a few months now at this point. So I, I do believe that that would be the more obvious choice because with AEW, I think I think a lot of us want to believe that the whole MJF thing is work. We kind of said the same thing about Cody, didn't we? You know, I think I think with AEW is they are way more comfortable with letting real life just happen on camera, which is fascinating. I'll give them that. It's not what I want to see. I want my wrestling program to be based in fiction. I want to, like I've said on the show, I don't know how many times, I want to fall in it just like I fall into a good TV show. I don't want to sit here going what's real and what's not, and that's been a kind of a big problem with AEW recently for me. So I think Max is a really good contender for this as to who would go to the WWE. Outside of that, honestly... You know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if 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 some of the, the talent that has been relegated to dark since pretty much the beginning would go to to WWE. I think Sonny Kiss is somebody that I would see giving WWE a shot. Um, and I think Sonny would get used on NXT for a bit. I don't know. My thing with Sonny Kiss is a lot of people defend Sonny and, and, and talk about how you know, Sonny is, is, is way better than he gets treated and it should be on the main show. It had such a banger of a match with Cody for the fucking, for the TNT title. The, the, that match, first of all, was not as good as a lot of fans like to say it is. A big problem with Sonny, I think, is that the strikes are fucking terrible and a lot of Sonny's offense is strike-based, and it's really, really not good. Sonny takes a really long fucking time to set up moves. Now, granted, I'll be honest with you, I don't watch a dark all the time, so I don't know when the last time I saw a Sonny Kiss match was. But whenever Sonny was getting featured a little bit more, the 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 wrestling's not great. So it's like, for all the people defending Sonny, and, and I get it. I'm sure a lot of people look at someone like Sonny and see themselves in that character, which is a powerful tool. And I, I do admit and I do agree to that. But I, I do think that Sonny Kiss hasn't been getting used that much because he's just not that great. And I could see Sonny going to NXT. And I, I think that with how vibrant NXT is and with how kind of extravagant they want their characters to be right now, which I'm sure it, it looks like they're going to keep doing that. Cause I think I've watched probably more NXT 2.0 the last few weeks than I have raw or SmackDown. And, and they don't show any signs of going back to that black and gold style of just like, like a, just being a super indie. They don't show any, any signs of doing that. So I think they're going to stick with what they've got going on right now and, and training up people and having these extravagant characters. And I think Sonny Kiss would probably fit in better in NXT 2.0 than AEW Dark. And I, it wouldn't surprise me if that's crossed his mind. But yeah, that's I think that's probably what I would go with. Now, I know that Sonny is part of the... They've got this new group now, the Trust Busters or something like that with Arya Davari and Slim J and, um, and fucking uh, Parker Boudreaux. Which Slim J, shout outs. The homie's been killing it on the Georgia Indies for I don't know how fucking long. Shout out to Slim J for finally getting a shot. But yeah, I, I think that's I think I think the obvious pick is is MJF and I think my sleeper pick is Sunny Kiss. Sorry to to take the scenic route to answering that question. 
Before we get to the next question on this list, I want to give a special shout out to our new sponsor, Collar and Elbow. If you guys listened to last week's episode, you know that I am now an ambassador of the Collar and Elbow brand. Absolutely love those guys. Absolutely love those shirts. I, no bullshit, wear a collar and elbow shirt almost every single time I go to a wrestling event, whether I'm working it or not. Today, actually right after I get done recording this podcast, District Championship Wrestling is having their debut show in Buckhead. And I'm going to drive down there. It's less than half an hour from the house, which is a nice change of pace for me. I usually usually have to drive a couple of hours to get to wrestling shows out here. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to drive down there and see what those guys have got cooking up. And you know what's going to be on my back whenever I go down there? A collar and elbow shirt. If you guys would like to check out any of the collar and elbow shirts that they have to offer right now, go to collarandelbowbrand.com and use promo code HEAT at checkout to get 10% off your order. I can't put these shirts over enough, guys. If you love wrestling shirts and you love comfortable shirts, this is the best of both worlds. All of their shirts are very comfortable. Like I said, comparing them to pro wrestling tees, I do like pro wrestling tees, but there is a fat tax and there is a comfortable cotton tax. You don't have to pay either one of those with collar and elbow. Every shirt, no matter what size you get, is the same price and feels the exact same way. So once again, that is collarandelbowbrand.com, promo code HEAT at checkout, save 10%. Let's get back to this episode. Our next question comes from friend of the show, Steven. He asks, what do you think of Ric Flair's last match? He sent this right before the match happened. So he was more asking, like, what did I think of the prospect of the match happening to begin with? Which I did go over a couple of weeks ago in my This Week in Pro Wrestling episode. But, uh, you know, the, it's been a couple of weeks now. We've all had a chance. We've all seen the match, I'm sure. At least we've seen clips on Twitter. I, I did watch the entire pay-per-view. I bought it. I bought it right as it started. I, I was I literally down to the wire. I could not decide if I wanted to watch it or not. And I bought it, like, I think in the middle of the first match of the pay-per-view broadcast. And here's my thoughts of the whole thing, retroactively, Stephen. I know you you did ask this question before the match happened, but here's here's the retroactive answer. First of all, I would like to say I think that the undercard was very entertaining. I did mention a couple of weeks ago that it was like forbidden door levels of wild ass matchups and they were fun. I, if I had any complaints about the undercard is that the first half was quick. Like every match was like, it felt like sub five minutes. Like they were so fucking quick, but the last few matches before you got to the main event were, were pretty good and had some, some great substance to them. Uh, Josh Alexander versus Jacob Fatu was very entertaining. And yeah, I, I, Absolutely enjoyed the undercard, really did. And I think they needed that. I think they absolutely needed that to get you ready for that main event. What did I think of the match itself? I had a really hard time watching it. Like I covered on here, I am a huge Ric Flair fan, like most wrestling fans are. You know, I I, I remember him fondly through my childhood. Obviously, growing up, I saw uh, the later half of his of his run, you know, whenever he was... I saw him I saw him go down with the ship in WCW. I saw whenever he came over to the WWE and that uh that like general manager storyline with Vince McMahon. And I remember that retirement match he had with Shawn Michaels. And it was a great fucking match. But he just he's got and it look, it is what it is, and this isn't always a bad thing, but he has such a massive ego. 
He couldn't let that be. He could not sit there, look at this perfect retirement match that he had, and say, you know what? That's a good way to end it. He couldn't do that. And for the last, oh, fuck, how long has it been? Oh, well over 10 years now. Well over 10 years. I think it's been close to 15 years now. He's just been going on about how he, he wants to get in the ring more. And, and he, he had a few matches and impacts that were, you know, I don't think I'm breaking any ground here when I say none of them were very good. Rick was Rick was past his prime when he had the match with Sean, but it was just what they put together for what they had was perfect. And he goes to Impact, which I understand he needed money. I know that was a big problem, and Impact was willing to pay him. But, like, the stuff he was doing with Fortune, you know, he was basically, for any of you guys that aren't familiar, he was setting up, he was setting up, like, a, a new Four Horsemen faction, and he did it with AJ Styles, Kazarian, and Beer Money, which, in my opinion, I liked. I told Frankie Kazarian whenever I met him that I was a, a Fortune fan, and he thought I was fucking insane, but I liked it. I liked the whole concept, and I liked the idea of, of Ric Flair being there. You know, these are these are four guys that were on a major come-up and impact. AJ had already been to the top of the mountain, but the rest of these guys were on their way up. And having Ric Flair there gives them some crazy legitimacy. But no, he just had to get the fucking ring and ruin all of it. And then now you have this match. And he talked about in an interview recently where he he shoot passes out twice in the match due to dehydration. And when I'm reading the transcript from the interview, I'm like, yeah, no shit. I could fucking tell. You know, he was like there the, the ending sequence. Andrade catches some brass knuckles from Conrad in the crowd, tries to give them to Rick, and Rick's gone. Rick, like, he's trying to, like, like physically put the brass knuckles in Rick's hand, and Rick is just out. He's fucking done. For that reason right there, just, just that alone, he's like, oh, I dehydrated myself. Yeah, you, you, you dehydrated yourself and you're 73 and you shouldn't be in the fucking ring, Rick. Like, if you, if you would have had a perfect amount of water consumption going into that match, it still would not have been easy for any of us to watch. If you guys notice, like, whenever he hits, there's a spot where he's hitting Jay Lethal in the corner with chops. And first of all, the chops have nothing on them. They're the weakest chops Rick has ever thrown in his life. And Jay's selling them like he got fucking shot in the chest, which kudos to Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett because they definitely sold their asses off in this match. And I think they were the MVPs, which they had to be. Everybody knew they had to be. But, you know, he's he's selling these fucking just terrible chops. And after Rick chops him, he immediately has to grab onto the rope right next to him or he's going to fucking fall over. It's just the whole match was so hard to watch, you know, and it's 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 I don't want to bash Ric Flair. I want I don't want this to come off like I'm like I'm talking shit because I have so much respect for this guy that that, you know, trailblazed this fucking path for so many performers after him. But. He doesn't know when to stop, and he's even said recently he regrets calling it his last match because he wants to go again. I fucking knew that was going to happen. I fucking knew this was going to be a problem. Rick, if you listen to this, because I know you're a fan, <laughs> if you, Rick, if you ever hear this, I, I want you to know from a diehard fan of yours, brother, you had a beautiful career. Call it a day, all right? It's cool. Make some convention appearances, sign some autographs, charge an egregious amount for people that anybody want to take pictures with you or whatever. Do that. Stick on the convention circuit. Hang out. You're fucking 73, brother. You're 73. People with normal jobs are expected to retire in their mid-60s. 
Your job is anything but normal. Motherfuckers in your field of work retire when they're 30 years younger than you. Just let's just be done with this and let's just move the fuck on and celebrate what was a beautiful career, please. But uh, so, Stephen, that's what I thought of Rick's last match. I, I had a really hard time watching it while I did watch it. I, I cringed at several moments. I the, the performer in me is is happy that Rick was able to put together something that he believes would be going out on his own terms, even though he has said he wished he didn't say that and he wished it wasn't his last match. Um, but yeah, I I definitely had a hard time watching it for sure. So that's uh, I don't want to sit here and harp on it too much longer. I don't want to talk any more shit about Ric Flair. Let's go ahead and move on. We've got one last question for today's episode. This is from HitmanFan69. He says, do you think Sammy Guevara and Ty Conti have X-Pac heat? And he also asked, are couples in wrestling a bad idea? So let's answer the first question. Do I think Sammy and Ty have X-Pac heat? Which, for anybody listening that doesn't know the definition, X-Pac heat means go-away heat. There's a difference between booing somebody because they're the bad guy and you don't like them or and booing somebody because you physically don't want them to be on the show there is a difference there i think the problem is is that the response to both issues is booing you know there's a i think whenever somebody has x pac heat i think that they shouldn't get a reaction at all there's an old uh, uh picture from uh, an eva marie match i think it was on nxt a long time ago and this guy in like the front row is reading a book during the match. In my opinion, if somebody has proper Xbox heat, that's the way to handle it. The fact that people are booing Sammy and Ty, and the fact that when they do get their asses kicked, people jump out of their seats and cheer, that goes to show me that it's not Xbox heat, even as much as fans want to say it is. People just don't like them because puppy love is obnoxious. That's what it is. And it is. Puppy love is absolutely obnoxious. I think I've even said that on the podcast. It It is what they have done is very obnoxious. And, of course, you know, it looks kind of terrible. We'll, we'll go back to this once again. This guy proposes to his girlfriend in the ring like a year ago. A few months later, they break up. Come to find out he's dating Ty. And then they, they I think, literally just a few days ago got married. Yeah, it's not a good look. He looks like a scumbag. She kind of looks like a scumbag. She was married not too long ago herself. But the, the name Conti, I believe, was her ex-husband's. So, yeah, they look like scumbags for sure, which I think, you know, Tony turning them heel was the best thing to do because you are seeing that it's it's not actual X-Pac heat this way because people are booing and cheering whenever they get theirs you know if somebody if sammy accidentally bumps ty off the fucking apron everybody goes fucking nuts that's not x pocky um do i think they're annoying yes absolutely and I, I i those are typically my piss break segments whenever i do watch AEW is whenever those guys are on screen just because like i said puppy love is fucking obnoxious and their kids you know they're they're fucking kids i don't care if they're married they're fucking kids you know, and it's, uh, yeah, it is obnoxious. And I, it's definitely, I would say it's probably borderline Xbox heat with me, but with, with most fans, no, I don't think it really is. And do I think couples and wrestling are a bad idea? No, I really don't. I think that honestly, most people in the business, 
especially if you work at a high level, if you work for AEW or especially WWE that's constantly on tour, right? I think it's it's easier on you if your significant other is somebody that is also in that business because as we've seen so many fucking times, if you've got a wife at home and you go on the road, especially for WWE, and you're gone four or five days at a time every single week not seeing your family, a lot of times that ends in cheating with somebody in the business. So I think that, and this is this is a comparison I've, I've given offline to so many people before, and it's a wild comparison. I'll, I'll give it to you, but but hear me out on this one. I think in the worlds of professional wrestling and in the world of porn, those are two industries that it benefits you if you are romantically involved with somebody who is also in your profession. It's the same thing to me. You know, in wrestling, like I said, when you're gone that much, and this is specific to like the WWE, I think, really, because, you know, Impact, they work like once a month for a couple of days. AEW, you've only got to do Dynamite and Rampage, which a lot of times are in the same fucking building. And if you do Dark, that's just a little studio in Orlando. You're not gone as much as WWE. I think WWE is the big the big one here. I think that when you're gone that much, we've obviously proven that it doesn't last if you're in a relationship with a quote-unquote civilian. You know, and a lot of these people wind up having affairs with people within their business. So it's, you might as well just date somebody in the company. The same thing with porn. Wouldn't you feel terrible if your girlfriend was a porn star and she went to work and just got fucking pounded by dudes every single day? Wouldn't that ruin your fucking relationship? I feel like it would. Maybe at first it'd be like, ah, it's pretty cool, you know, I'm I'm cool with it. You know, she, she brings a lot of her hot friends around, so it's all right. But then after a while, you're like, oh, you know, I'm not too happy with my... My my wife or my girlfriend getting gangbanged every other week. I'm not too fucking crazy about that. It's kind of the same thing. I know it seems like a stretch, but it's kind of, to me, I see it the same thing. If you work in WWE or if you work in the porn industry, you should probably be involved with somebody that is also in your industry. Um, so, yeah, I don't think couples in wrestling are a bad idea. If your question is, do I think, like, on-screen couples are a bad idea, I think it can be done well. I think, obviously, the greatest example of that would be Miss Elizabeth and Macho Man. I think a lot of people really enjoyed that. Um, you know, I think I think for good heel couples, it can work. I'm trying to think of an example that wasn't, like, absolutely annoying. But at the same time, I guess they're supposed to be annoying, you know? I mean, if they're heels, yeah, really. I think Jeff Jarrett and Karen Jarrett was, was a—I think it worked, you know, for sure. Um, outside of that, I, I don't really know. I, I think I'd have to, I think we could probably do a whole ass episode on this and talk about the best and worst couples in wrestling. Uh, cause I think most of the time they're shoot couples. I don't think that, I don't think that it's work couples very often. I think it's usually actual couples in real life that they just go, Hey, look, we're dating. Can you just put us on screen together? Which is kind of what happened with Sammy and Ty. Like I can promise you what happened backstage once they, once it was known that they were starting to date. Ty and Sammy were just attached at the fucking hip. They went and begged Tony, can we please be on screen together? I can guarantee you that's what fucking happened. Uh, and I think that's what happens a lot of cases. And that's why most times you see a couple on screen, it's usually a shoot couple. But yeah, do I do I think Sammy and Ty have X-Pac heat? 
No, I, I, I really don't. I think that they're, I think that they just have regular ass heel heat, not different than any other major heel in wrestling. And do I think couples in wrestling is a bad idea? No, I also don't. Um, but of course there are caveats. There is an asterisk next to that. And that's going to do it. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Main Event Heat. If you have some questions that you would like to get answered, please make sure to send them in to maineventheat at yahoo.com. Or you can DM me on social media. You can find me at Sweet Sexy Rob on Instagram and Twitter. Once again, go check out collarandelbowbrand.com if you want to get some comfortable-ass wrestling shirts. Use promo code HEAT at checkout to save 10% off your order. And if you would like to get a shirt that actually has my name on it, you can go to prowrestlingtees.com slash robweathers and pick up one of many designs that I have over there. That is probably the best way to support the show is, is by buying a shirt. Whether you buy it from Collar and Elbow or Pro Wrestling Tees, that is the best way to monetarily support the show. Once again, shout out to the good folks in Ireland that have made sure Main Event Heat has stayed on the Apple Podcast charts for the last month. Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it. And shout out to each and every one of you that continue to listen to this show every week. I would not do it without you. And once again, thanks for hanging out. <laughs>